Hey, what's up, listeners? My name's Tyler, and you're listening to Horror's Home Podcast. For the holiday season, I'm going to be ranking all of the films in the Silent Night, Deadly Night franchise. The series began with the release of Silent Night, Deadly Night in 1984, Silent Night, Deadly Night Part 2 in 1987, Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out in 1989, Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation in 1990, and Silent Night, Deadly Night 5, The Toymaker in 1991, and then just called Silent Night in 2012. The original film followed the tradition of the holiday-themed slasher, such as Halloween, My Bloody Valentine, or Black Christmas. Recurring themes throughout involve a killer Santa, past trauma, psychological elements, and definitely nudity. Later films would go in different directions, influenced by the times or maybe the director and the production team. The series had a controversial start with the first film as its advertising was broadcast in between segments of the show Little House on the Prairie. So being a family show, children would see like commercials for a killer Santa Claus, which would scare them. <laughs> the ads were pulled six days after the film's release um, before the film itself was eventually pulled from theaters and then re-released in 1985. I'm going to try my best not to spoil much in this episode. But as I'm explaining like why I've ranked them in such a way, some spoilers may happen. I'm going to take a quick musical break, and then I'll get into my list for every Silent Night and Deadly Night ranked from my least to my most favorite. off with number six is Silent Night Deadly Night 5 The Toymaker directed by Martin Kittisare starring Mickey Rooney which I'm gonna go ahead and apologize because I'm probably going to mispronounce most of these last names. Late one night in December a young boy named Derek Quinn hears the doorbell ringing and goes downstairs and finds a Christmas present addressed to him on the porch. His father Tom reprimands him for being up so late and opening the door sending him off to bed. Instead Derek watches from the stairs as his curious father opens the gift Finding a musical orb shaped like Santa Claus in the box, he activates it, causing it to strangle him. That's at least the beginning of the film, but kind of setting the tone of like what's going to happen. I actually watched this movie last night for the first time on Shudder. I knew by the title and the cover that I shouldn't have high expectations. Uh, this is the last of the original franchise before the 2012 Loose remake. Number five and number four took a different route and weren't related to the original three films story-wise, aside from just being like a Christmas-themed horror. Almost as the idea for the original Halloween franchise to become an anthology series, I'd say this or that worked against this film. The story goes totally off the rails towards the end. Most of the characters are very dismissive, which is common in horror movies, especially ones with a premise such as this, but it was a bit much. The series was just like on its last leg, and for a series completionist like me, I'd say it's worth a one-time watch, and that's pretty much it. On my list, number five would be Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out, directed by Monty Hellman, which centers around Christmas-obsessed killer Ricky Caldwell stalking a blind teenager with psychic powers while she travels to her grandmother's house for the Christmas holiday with her brother and his girlfriend. This entry has Bill Mosley playing Ricky, which he's been in many horror movies to date, such as Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, House of a Thousand Corpses, and Repo the Genetic Opera. Laura, the blind teenager, has visions connecting her to Ricky, 
Earlier in the film, she's having tests done that are connecting her directly to Ricky, and those just stay with her even after she's left the facility. Also note, the makers of this film wanted to be cheeky with the title Better Watch Out as it focuses on a blind girl with visions. Aside from Ricky being a psycho and having this mental connection to Laura, there's not much reason to like his stalk and chase with her. The film tries to kind of go down some weird scientific soul-searching route, but after watching the second movie, it doesn't really make any sense. It doesn't really add up. Um, it's an interesting continuation for Ricky's story, but I almost would have rather seen another like 80s slasher rampage like the first two films. There were still like similar themes, but the context of this film definitely took it down another route. It also just visually looked different. It was the first one that was directed to DVD out of the first three. And the lighting and everything, it doesn't look bad, but it just like you wouldn't look at this movie and think it was a Silent Night, Deadly Night film. There's really not even much Christmas about it aside from like a like dream scene with the Santa. And then eventually whenever they get to the grandma's house, there's um, Christmas decorations up. But it was just different. But I understand by that point, trying to just ride it out. And it was a, I don't know, I guess it was a way to end the trilogy that had to do with the brothers from the first two movies. By coincidence, number four on my list is Silent Night, Deadly Night 4, Initiation, directed by Brian Usna. It focuses on a Los Angeles newspaper reporter who, while investiga investigating the unexplained death of a woman, becomes entangled with a coven of Lilith worshiping witches who are preparing her for a ritual on Christmas Eve. I'm a fan of Brian Usna for his work producing movies like Reanimator, From Beyond, and Dolls, all from the 80s, then also directing Society, Bride of Reanimator, and Return of the Living Dead 3, which that's my favorite Return of the Living Dead movie. So his use of practical effects for the time, showing this film just as his others, like you'd look at this movie, and after seeing his name, like you already know that it's his kind of movie. Um, the film has a lot of entranced scenes, which has both the main character and audiences questioning if the events are actually happening or not. Several story elements had me thinking of Rosemary's Baby, which I wouldn't hold this film anywhere near to that prestige, but the influence is very clear. This, like the fifth entry, are both standalone films unconnected from the rest. So there's actually quite a few gross scenes in this movie with like bugs or extra large larvae. So this would be kind of like a popcorn kind of movie. You might want to watch with a group of friends just to enjoy the effects and the time piece that it is. It is very 80s, even though it's 1990, which, yeah, that's just how movies transition anyway. But it's just fun. Like I said, it really reminds me of his other movies and just with the effects and everything. And even just like I said about um, the fourth movie, or this is the fourth movie the third movie how it just kind of looked different this one also just looks different where if you were to just be playing it in a room you wouldn't think it's silent night deadly night but again this is also a standalone so by this point they were just kind of taking it for what it is and writing off the name so for this movie i recommend you just take in the bad acting and the effects and just enjoy it for what it is number three on my list which may be a surprise is the original silent night deadly night the original was directed by Charles E. Sellier Jr. The story concerns a young man named Billy who suffers from post-traumatic stress over witnessing his parents' murder on Christmas Eve. The murderer was wearing a Santa Claus outfit and 
it, then we see Billy's like upbringing in an abusive Catholic orphanage. In adulthood, the Christmas holiday leads him into a psychological breakdown, and he emerges as a spree killer donning the Santa suit. So this film set the standard for many killer Santa movies to come. It wasn't the first killer Santa movie, but as more come out even to this year, the references and influences are clear. There's many movies with similar titles or just even a similar premise. Sometimes there's jokes or references to this movie or maybe even the second movie. This was during the 80s slasher craze and writing the coattails of earlier holiday themed slashers I already mentioned. It follows the tropes as well with its overly violent kills, um, iconic killer wardrobe, in this case it's a Santa outfit, and plenty of nudity just as you expect in 80s slashers. And if you're a fan of like cheesy 80s slasher movies, then this movie is for you. Crazy enough, this film was released the same day as A Nightmare on Elm Street and actually beat it opening weekend, which that's crazy to think about during that time, even how that could happen, <laughs> especially compared to nowadays. Not everyone has seen this movie, but Nightmare on Elm Street, clearly like an iconic horror movie. Um, there's a very strong opening in this movie providing Billy's origin and how he comes to the orphanage like very iconic scene people know about or they don't like it's something if you read about this movie it's kind of controversial in itself just it was very graphic for the time it's not overly violent but it's just there's a reason it's traumatizing for the child in the movie there we experience that trauma that he faces as an adult and I finally gave this movie a watch for the first time last year I watched this one and the second one like back to back and I believe it's a Christmas time must watch for horror fans. If you haven't watched it already, you should definitely add it to your list. For number two, I chose Silent Night, Deadly Night Part Two, directed by Lee Harry. Its plot focuses on Ricky Caldwell, the brother of Billy from the first one, and his own trauma regarding his parents' Christmas Eve murders, which triggers his own killing spree. This and the first film were very close, but I like each for different reasons. The first film is a cheesy holiday slasher, this one is almost leaning into like a meta horror comedy. There are actually a total of 30 minutes of flashbacks from the first film within the first 40 minutes of the sequel. That's because originally the studio wanted to spend as little money as possible and re-edit the first film to pass it off as a new one. But the director, uh, Lee Harry, demanded that he make he be able to make a new movie while still only getting a minimum budget. Ricky is played by Eric Freeman, who has tremendously overacting like throughout the entire movie early in the film as he's retelling his story his face is so animated while he has like snippy dialogue and insults the psychiatrist interviewing him like even if you watch the trailer you will see what i'm talking about when his psyche breaks he's walking around with a skip in his step holding a gun and just like chuckling to himself over and over and this just keeps happening throughout the film he's just doing this really weird laugh. Like it's not even creepy, it's just awkward. This rampage scene is also known like for the meme or gif where he says garbage day. I can't even, I'm not even gonna try to do it how he says it, but it's really weird. He says that before shooting a neighbor, taking out the trash, like the neighbor's just minding his own business. And he says garbage day and shoots him. Um, another fun moment in this movie is when he meets his girlfriend as he's like on his parked motorcycle and she just drives up in her car and knocks him over only to get out and like she like looks concerned at first then she just giggles next thing you know they're dating so later they're on a movie date and he asks what's this movie about anyway 
And she replies, about a, a psychotic killer dressed up as Santa. And he says, what? And I like really higher pitch because that's his childhood trauma involving his parents' murders and then like what happened with his brother. Also, we see the movie on the screen that they're like there to watch and it's the original film's intro. So it's just really funny and ridiculous. Like he's watching the movie that was his brother's childhood and partially his childhood but it's on like an actual theater screen so it just makes no sense it's just really ridiculous um with this movie you get like a pretty good summary of the original with all the like weird over-the-top acting and comedy bits so it just makes it for a fun film and that's actually like why i like this one more because i since i watched the first one and then the second one the first time i watched the second one I was almost mad because I was like, we're 40 minutes in and I haven't seen anything new. But now it's almost like, because I haven't seen the first one in so long, it's nice just to get that summary out of the way. So it's almost like you don't need to see the first one, but you definitely still should watch the first one. So everything else that's in this film is just really ridiculous and funny They're, with all the one-liners and everything. So I recommend maybe watch the first one and then wait a bit and watch the second one because otherwise you're just gonna be bored for the first 40 minutes of this movie so that brings me to my number one for the silent night deadly night franchise and that is the loose remake from 2012 titled silent night which is directed by stephen miller instead of focusing on the killer's perspective and upbringing like the original the remake mainly follows deputy aubrey bradamore bradmore bradmore i don't know played by jamie king it's also more of a like whodunit mystery slasher instead of a plainly like identifying the killer like you already know who it is and why they're doing it. This is another one I watched for the first time recently. Even though it came out in 2012, it reminded me of a straight-to-DVD horror like remake from around 2006 whenever that was the big thing. Like there was a lot of just straight-to-DVD ones that were not the best or just now they're just the timepiece so they're still enjoyable to watch. But... This was 2012, even though it felt like it was 2005, 2006. Um, if you get to watch the trailer, like, you'll get to see exactly what I mean, just like with the color palette of the movie and the acting and probably the effects and the music itself. Um, the kills are pretty gory. Plenty of Christmas decorations and themes throughout, including the return of the, like, naughty or nice killer logic. And overall, it's just a fun watch. You don't have to see the previous films to enjoy the remake, but if you do, you'll understand several references and jokes to the originals, which in my opinion makes it even better because there's even a Garbage Day reference. That's all I have right now for my vague and quick talk about Silent Night, Deadly Night, the franchise. At this time, you can check out most of them on Shudder, and I'm sure the first one is floating around on another streaming service somewhere. Um, it might be on Tubi, or honestly, I think I might have seen that it's available on YouTube. I could be wrong. If you liked this episode, give me a review on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the show. Um, Whenever they're, they're looking for movies or horror movies, the more reviews and ratings I get, the more likely it's going to come up in people's searches. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at, at Horror's Home if you haven't already. For more horror movie posts and suggestions, I like to post on my story about things I'm watching. Also, I like to ask questions about what people want to watch or what they're currently watching or what I, what they prefer me to do an episode on. And yeah, thank you all for listening. Getting towards the end of the year. I'm going to try to have a couple more episodes out. Um, my plan is to have a like 
top 2022 horror movies of that have come out this year that are my favorites. So, till next time, my name's Tyler, and thanks again for listening. Thank you.